0: Uh, I, I should first off thank you. Um, you were nice enough to lend me a book, and not only did you lend me a book, but I actually read it this time because I don't always read the books that you give to Max to give to me, or just directly <laughs> give to me.
1: That is um, that is true.
0: I did try to read Money that one time, but it it didn't it didn't happen. I think part of it was was Max was like, "Stump, don't read Money. Money's bad," but I tried. Um, well I blame Max no.
1: for that one because Money by Martin Amis is a, a very is a very fine piece of fictional literature.
2: Um, fine is a fictional word.
1: Here, no no no, I don't mean fine in the wishy washy <laughs> uh How do I, I don't look have anything it. else you to say. Fine. I ha- I mean it in the Dale Cooper that's a damn fine cup of coffee way.
0: Yeah. Well, that's um, uh, but anyway, yeah, this is this
1: is not the part of the podcast where I pitch stuff.
0: Yeah, the the damn fine coffee we always pitch here. Uh, what? But what book did I acquire from you? Because that's that's where we're starting. <laughs> I've forgotten con- the title.
1: That's such a con... no. You haven't. Um, but, I haven't
0: because it's right here.
1: But for the sake of for the sake of contrived episode pre- uh, premises, I lent you the Chuck Klosterman pop culture essay collection, "Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs: A Low Culture Manifesto."
0: Yes, and I should say from the front cover of the paperback edition, quote, one of the brightest pieces of pop analysis to appear this century, end quote, The Onion AV Club, which oh, I believe out now in is... like,
1: 2001?
0: Uh, it came out in, like, 2004, I believe, which... So,
1: in other words, less than 5% of the way through the century.
0: Yeah, 2003. I, I mean, also, The Onion AV Club. I'm pretty sure it's just AV Club now, is it not, or...?
1: I mean, that was that was 13 years ago, so who knows? Yeah,
0: well, and that is 13 years ago. That's kind of the whole point of why we're here, because I was reading the book, and as I've said to both of you and some others that I shared this reading with, I really enjoyed the book, but some of the cultural references he makes and some of his word choices uh, you cannot use in 2017 or <laughs> I I recognize them as things and we talked about this recently you know the era the decade that, that you grow up in sure I remember some of this stuff but I didn't grow up with it so for him it's contemporary but for me I'm like the fuck is the real world I know what the real world is but, but it doesn't but, but he's, no, you don't <laughs> at the same time I, I do, yeah, I don't... I get the real-world trademark. Um, I don't get the real-world cultural presence. And this week, that's kind of what we're going to go over, which is, in many ways, <laughs> the this book feels dated. Um, and I kind of pose that to the both of you because that's the word I chose to describe it, but I don't know that I know what that word means.
1: Well, then let's start maybe with what you think it means.
0: What I think it means, uh, and Max, forever the scientist here, looked up the definitions of these words, which is which is like the way. Well, I'll get to that in a second. I don't trust but, no
1: dictionary.
0: Uh, I, I don't trust no dictionary. Um, for me, I think dated is. I, I think it almost has to be a contemporary piece of of culture. Um, you know, be it a TV show, be it a movie. A book, newspaper article that for something to be dated it it was talking about something when it occurred. Um, You know, I I recently also read the book uh, The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. That's about a very particular time and the culture of that time. And it was written during that time. Yes, yes. So it, it all has to converge in that time and then for it to be dated, we look at it later on and some of the not only the cultural references don't make sense, but for me, the ways that they turn into themes for us to think about as the observers, the viewers, uh, the people taking it in, they don't make sense. Uh, you know, I don't want to say they don't make sense, but they they aren't as relatable.
1: So, so I know. Oh, go ahead, Max. I
2: just yes. I would I would argue quickly that I don't I don't agree with the contemporary. See, and I would I, bring up examples of 2001 A Space Odyssey or 1984 as well, pieces that are dated but were not...
0: I, I think that's a deeper point, point, but and, and Sean, I want to come back to you, but I think that that's interesting. And it goes back to, I think, some of the stuff we've talked about before, some of the themes. I think that the themes of 2001 A Space Odyssey, you could argue that lens that Stanley Kubrick is making this movie from... Are very much in that time period that he's in. We, we talk, you know, what is a, moving to a different uh, auteur. Uh, I'm sorry, I should have said director, but I yeah, said what I should've. said on purpose. Uh, <laughs> well, a, Apocalypse Now. It is a retelling of Heart of Darkness uh, by Joseph Conrad. Correct. Conrad, um, but set that,
1: and it's set in a more contemporary time. Yes, and so lens, I think the lens, but the source material yeah. is. Eighty years old at that point. Heart of Darkness was published in 1899. Um, uh, so I, uh, by and large, I agree. I think with your, with your characterization, Pierce. But that doesn't exactly make for a good podcast. So I'll, uh, I'll push back a little bit on on part of it, which is that I think it's not so much the themes themselves. I think it's probably more. About the the culture, the cultural references that are that are part of something. Because I think if you looked at sex, drugs, and cokebust and, and, and stuff about the real world through a different lens, you could say that it's a kind of about what it's like to be a, you know a shiftless twenty something who is experiencing culture not through first hand experience but through watching TV. And I don't think that theme is dated, but when you link a theme, when a theme is linked inextricably to cultural references, that's when it becomes, That's when, I think that's when you open the door for datedness. Because my first instinct when you talked about this was to be uh, my sort of confrontational, uh, uh, my confrontational self and say, well, Mad Men, because you watch Mad Men all the time, and yeah. Mad Men is old but new, so it's dated, but it's like, it's not, and uh, you know, you you made a pretty convincing argument. I think that yeah, because Mad you came Men, at my my God, basically. That's right. That's right. I really <laughs> i uh, I came at the king, but I uh, but I missed.
0: You missed. And, it's it's uh,
1: very very very
0: small uh, margin of error there,
1: and the big distinction about. Mad Men. What's different is that Mad Men shot in the late two thousands and early two thousand tens, but was set in the sixties and early seventies, and and so it's a period piece. So it's not your your themes are not coupled to contemporary references that will yeah. age. It's already something that we look back on historically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and frankly, it was, it was sort of a pivotal time in the history of America. So I, I think it's also helped, you know, you can use the sixties and seventies to, to talk about some themes that are, are pretty much universal, or at least we've internalized them as universal, <laughs> but you had a you had a counter example, um, which is something that was set in the sixties. But it was shot in the '60s and didn't work.
0: Yeah, are you talking about my my use of, of Easy Rider as, I, I, as an example? Yes, I am. Yeah, so this is a movie that I have not watched, and the reason I've not watched it is because whenever I hear people talk about it who are kind of from that era and it was they were there when it was contemporary, um, is that they say it doesn't it doesn't age well. It's dated. Uh, I, so I, it makes me think that, and it's what you discussed. It makes me think that leaving open the door for themes and saying, "Well, themes are kind of eternal and they can go across ages and eras." Good themes, I, I think. Uh, good, good themes. I, I think that might almost be, you know, may, maybe that's too much of a, a cop out. I kind of talked about before we were discussing certain you know, stuff that that Chuck Klosterman talks about and and just characters in the real world that were really great because you could relate to them and stuff like that and maybe i give him an out there it's still he's talking about the real world as as this cultural icon at the time and that just that's something that i could totally skip over and be like what is this you know reality tv do people really care about anymore they do he also mentions the dixie chicks um and how the the young girls who are really into them are like the young boys of the 80s those are two cultural references that I don't really get because I wasn't part of, of either of them or am in a in an era that, that goes across both. So But and but I, I neither think,
1: of them is linked to something particular particularly enduring that you can relate to now.
0: Yeah. And and so that's why I think and thinking back to Easy Rider, the using themes as an out, there's always a way to, to refocus a theme and say, Oh, you know, I can the the person who is a frontiersman. I can always relate to that because sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'm just going to have my coffee and not go to work. I'm going to sit here and read all day and, you know, go do something and, and change like? the world. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that's like. So <laughs> part, part of me thinks that I might be giving too wide a berth to be able to squeak out and say, oh, yeah, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey, it's still great even though the only things i can get out of it are certain themes about the monolith is coming and and i'm going to be taken over by machines or or something they're going to kill us all is that is that mean is that is that what you get out of it it's certainly somewhat applicable today max i have it on blu-ray i didn't finish it no Max Max doesn't want to share his his room, th- his room two his room two thirty seven depth thoughts of is that the, the I've never seen that movie. Two thousand one, a space odyssey. Yeah, I would think that's right up
2: your alley. It may be, but that's I one of the, like the brought it up as an example because I wasn't writing about the time period as far as I know.
1: But <laughs> well, for, yeah, no, so we used to go into space all the time back then. Actually, <laughs> so if I can, if I can cut in on that you also referenced 1984 which you know I I think I don't know if it's dated because I mean it certainly wasn't written you know it wasn't written contemporaneously it was written as a future prediction and I think that's maybe something where it's dated if you focus too heavily on the 1984 part but Maybe if you allow for the possibility that George Orwell just got the year wrong, then like we're totally still headed in that direction and maybe it's not dated at all. maybe it's still incredibly prescient.
2: sure, I think you can pick pick details out to make it seem dated because it's old but but I agree with you
1: but so that's where I, that's where I think the distinction comes in that not uh, so I would I would say that dated isn't just something that's old because well okay so let's here's, okay here's, well, a, here's let me, a question against myself oh,
0: yeah. okay yeah
1: go ahead don't hurt yourself <laughs> it's a wonderful life here here's what i'm going with it's a wonderful life uh released in the 30s uh um, oh,
0: no it was it was much,
1: much i feel like it was a that. lot later then. Yeah, because oh, Jimmy yeah, Stewart
0: was in it. Okay, 1946,
1: also, though not not that much later. So
0: can you also can you not spoil it? I've never watched it. I, I I'm, I'm I'm kidding about Jesus. don't spoil it, but I've actually never watched what? it.
2: Wonderful Life. Yeah, I've never watched. No, it. I haven't
1: either. Uh, I mean, okay. Do I need to do I need to come with another example? No, use that example. All right. So. Uh, it's a movie that was made in 1946 and it's shot, you know, obviously it's shot with, you know, on black and white film with, uh, the limited sort of visual effects palette that existed in 1946. Um, so in that way, in, in 1946, in 2017, rather the 1946 film, it's a wonderful life is incredibly dated however i i think that the content of its a wonderful life isn't because it's an enduring theme which is that you know, it's it's got um elements of you know you don't necessarily understand the impact that you might have on the world and people around you um being grateful for what you have like, yeah. those are I would say that those are both totally universal themes so like yeah. I'm arguing against myself because I started from the premise of like just like something that's old is not necessarily dated but I think there's I think there's sort of more more nuance to this than we initially thought um, you so know, we also I, talked I about you've... we talked about this with Kevin before and he when we were asking him about stuff that he thought was dated, he made a reference to um, like to playing old video games that you know now by by today's standards have really sort of crappy old blocky graphics but yeah. at the time were like the pinnacle of technology mm-hmm. and I think that's almost a, another thing entirely so I, here's here's where I will uh, I'll punt it back to you guys I think. That the real distinction is that the film It's a Wonderful Life, much like the SNES games of the late 80s, are not dated. They're outdated. I think so, that's different. So
0: I, I I think what you've you've kind of happened upon, and hopefully I can get to this quickly, is what what was the intent of of that media or, or whatever it is we're really talking about media uh, is it is it to show off the culture of of that moment oh look at our technology look how great it is oh look at these badass bikers that are going across America and you know in this time frame what that means or what were the uh, the the married pranksters like oh they they were taking acid and they were on this bus it Is it about just the culture of the time or is it about something more than that? You know, you brought up Mad Men and obviously it's a period piece and it's not the culture is cool of that time, but it's more it's more about the the characters. One thing that Andy Greenwald says a lot and it's why I think that the Sopranos will always be a really great show, is it's it's a show about well, actually says this about a lot of shows, but the great shows are once it's a show about a family. It wasn't sure. just, look at this mafioso culture. It's it's a show about families, which is always relatable. And I think that the intent is really big there. I think what, uh, going back to where we start, you know, Chuck Klosterman, what he's doing in main ways is he is being a mouthpiece for uh, Gen Xers. And he does talk about that, which is, okay, what are the things that matter to us and how are we interacting with the world and what's really important now? I think that's his intent and that will... As long as there are Gen Xers or people interested in Gen Xers, that will be worth uh, reading into, even if I don't know what the real word is. I cut you off, Max.
2: No, no, no. I I appreciate where you're going. And I think it's, I think that the distinction between dated and outdated that Sean brought up is interesting. And I think it, it, while he is somewhat correct, I think it's more kind of subjective. Um, I found something that I liked online when finding kind of the difference between the two, um, which is, well, while, while they're both defined as being old fashioned uh, by dictionaries, uh, dated means that you recognize the item of being an older generation. It might be produced now, but it is still useful or enjoyable and has an old fashioned appeal, while outdated means it's no longer produced or no longer useful. So I, I get what you're saying with the with the graphics, but I, I I think somebody could find an old video game dated, while another person might find it outdated.
1: So See, yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with that. And let, let me let me throw a, a, a counter to that, which is that, I mean, I guess, I, well, uh, okay, it's you're right that it's subjective, but f- for example, the I don't know that, well. All right, so there's a sort of a phenomenon. Like, I think there's an element of a, a gamble involved in making something contemporary because we don't know what from this time period is going to endure. Whereas something like Mad Men, Matthew Weiner can look back to fifty years ago and say, the, "Like these are the things that stuck around." Uh, so he he has you know pe- the people who make period pieces have the advantage. Of being able to draw only on the things that have already culturally endured, if they so choose, but like '80s action movies, or, or you know, or, or showing of, off the special effects, just like well, I'm gonna, I was going to approach this a slightly different way. Sure, sure. Um, think about how many things. Could be solved. How many murders could be solved so much quicker in 80s movies, 80, you know, 80s cop movies, like if there were cell phones and Google and, and all that stuff? Like that, and, and maybe that plays in, maybe that's subjective, but like that sort of takes me out of stuff. I don't know.
2: I would say that it's this, like kind of the same thing with Seinfeld. Like, if you gave the Seinfeld characters cell phones, 90% of the episodes are ruined. Right. That's but that doesn't design. take me out of it at all. I I, I mean, it's but I, extremely I enjoyable still. I don't know.
1: I don't think about that
2: while I'm watching.
1: But I think, so I, I and this is why, at the end of the day, like, we're, we're all right and wrong, because it's totally subjective. But, like, there, there have to be people out there that think that Seinfeld is completely obsolete and dated or, or outdated depending on which which sort of definition and distinction you prefer
2: sure
0: i so one yeah. thing that that i think about with this uh i think i shared this with you all i watched psycho for the first time last okay. october i had never watched it before and that's what everyone says you would never say psycho is dated because there are so many things that are based off of Psycho so many horror tropes and everything else but one thing that and someone pointed it out at the end of the viewing there's the scene right at the end there's like a detective or something that explains basically how we got here in the movie to uh-huh. people in the film uh, what do they call it it's like extrigent or something else you know they're doing it to the people within the movie and outside the movie Um, so it's both They're like explain the movie and the person pointed out you would never do this in a horror film today that portion of Psycho I think is dated because the idea is now to me at least I think it's dated the idea now is a viewer we, we have a smarter viewer the viewer we don't need anything to explain to us we're a smart viewer that might not be true for everyone and so some people might say that is not dated but as someone who watches a few movies and even if you watch fewer movies or you watch Nicolas Cage films. You don't need things explained to you anymore because you're you're a viewer who is, I guess, paying attention. Um, and that movie has some shifts and turns. I, I get it, but so I think even in even in great things and even when it's more about the themes, themes that are timeless, you can still quibble with the way an idea is presented as being dated, which is again going back to sex drugs and Cocoa puffs, is ultimately what I'm arguing do I think that the the book is dated no I just said how it's it's a great reflection of Gen Xers and their cultural flashpoints and, and why and how it means so much to them it just so happens that certain portions him talking about uh, the Sims for instance no one plays the Sims anymore but the importance of the Sims and how he talks about it and how it's frightening you're controlling a person and it becomes a meta thing that is totally relatable right now and I loved it I just thought it was hilarious because he's talking
1: about the sims so there we alright um, I don't know that I have anything more to add do you guys have final thoughts? Max do you have anything you want to add? I'm a
2: little curious now Without going too much into detail, if a if like a, a sci-fi fantasy piece of of uh, uh, of content
0: could be dated. I mean, everyone is. We we talked about 1984. We talked about Handmaid's Tale. I think, I think it could honestly depend on the cycle because, at the end of the day, sci-fi is speculative fiction. I, I guess I'm
2: thinking more fantasy.
0: Fantasy? Could Lord of the Rings ever be dated? I, it, ex, but it, I feel like it exists, it, it already exists in a reality so. that's not ours. Right. So it's really hard for, that's what I'm to saying. judge
2: it. So, I'm with, I don't think so either. But I, mean, I don't know. I, I think, I'm trying to think of a piece like that that is, I
0: don't know. I, I think that the way it's written can be kind of dated. Like Jane Austen, a lot of people would say, "Oh, no one writes that way." You should still read it; it's very I funny. Think
2: I think it's all its aspects too, its details. If you watch the the recut version of uh, you know A New Hope with the CGI, the terrible CGI, that's that is dated. Ugh. <laughs> it's yeah, or, but or, like the movie or, as a whole is well, not. I don't the don't CGI if it's dated, in that just of the sucks.
0: Well, the the CGI but specifically,
2: and, the CGI is.
0: The CGI in Return of the Jedi, which what it does is...
2: You mean when they put in... um,
0: They they put in a scene to kind of limit the fact that it was very much like a sexual assault was going on. And they put in CGI so it didn't look so much like that. I remember watching it recently and being like, this is different. And now I know why it's different. Because kind of like some of the words that Chuck Klosterman uses in the book you cannot use those words anymore and this is something that is objectionable. Yeah, Mickey got his hands all over that.
1: <laughs> I don't have a lot to add on Return of the Jedi. I've already stated my my feelings <laughs> on that film on this uh, podcast. Chuck Klosterman talks about it pretty too, strongly, uh, basically if I recall.
0: Yeah, I mean as someone who was less than 13 as and we've discussed thought it was really great, but it, that movie's probably the most dated of the Star Wars movies. Yeah. It's not even. Yeah. No, it's not even. It's not even that it's dated. It's just it's not just, as good. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a thirteen spy steak once. I All right.
1: Oh. Okay. So uh, it's time, I guess, once again for uh, Pierce's story. Oh. Oh, oh, or first, people should tell us what's really
0: dated. Besides Max's yeah. now. Do you find our the first episode
2: of our podcast dated?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. That's a timeless work of art, motherfucker. Stop that. Um, But that is a good point. And if you have thoughts on uh, what makes something dated, because as we often do, uh, we really didn't reach much of a conclusion, um, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at PrettyOKPod and let us know what you think. Now it is time once again for Pierce's Sorry. And what is on the apology docket this week, Earl? Uh, so
0: I there's, there's a piece that went up the day that we're recording this uh, but is, you know whatever this time will end up being uh, about letter writing, and I had to write a letter recently, and it was honestly a really rewarding um, circumstance uh, the thing that I'm gonna apologize for today is another instance that I wrote a letter Um, some number of years ago, I wrote a thank you letter to some people who had done a nice thing for me. Um, and, uh, I, it was a very pressure packed situation for me. I wanted to give a good impression, even though I'd already given my impression to them, but I wanted to keep it going. I wanted to keep that impression up. And so I decided to send a thank you letter and I did the thing where you kind of type it out or decide what you're going to write and really think about it. And you want to use good words. Uh, One might say very good words, Um, you know, maybe, maybe just can't even have any, I was not going to say that, but yeah, those words. Um, So I decided that one of the words I wanted to use uh, was cerebral to Describe the people that I was thanking in the thank you letter. It wasn't the wrong word. I'm not apologizing for using the word. Uh, because I think it was the right word. Uh, what I'm apologizing for is that, as I feared, later on, someone I, I, I that was also there as part of the thank you group said something later. Yeah, you know, um, they, they read your letter and uh, they mentioned that, uh, you know, it was pretty weird. And essentially, you try too hard. And so I'm apologizing for trying too hard in my letter writing because then your cover's blown. Then they know that, that you know, you're trying too hard and you're phony. So <laughs> if I can give any advice from this, use the first word that comes to mind. Don't pick one out of the th- thesaurus. <laughs> or look up the definition if dated or outdated in Merriam-Webster because... Just use the one that you
1: use. Don't trust no dictionary. It's important. Be you. It is be important. You. Don't guys. be the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to close the show with uh, sort of a return to roots. So originally, when we did the, uh, the big idea from pop culture, the whole idea, uh, the, the big idea, if you will, is that we were going to uh, provide some sort of... Cultural reference of sort, uh, of sorts, without any explanation whatsoever. Um, you know, mostly just to confuse you guys who are who are listening. But uh, but maybe some of you will will enjoy it. Um, so I'm going to go back to that and actually leave you guys this week with my favorite passage from "Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs." <clears throat> You're missing the point," she said. What you're saying makes sense in theory, but not in practice. You're trying to compare apples and oranges. Why do you keep saying that, he asked in response. Apples and oranges aren't that different, really. I mean, they're both fruit. Their weight's extremely similar. They both contain acidic elements. They're both roughly spherical. They both serve the same social purpose. Now, with the possible exception of a tangerine, I can't think of anything more similar to an orange than an apple. If I was having lunch with a man who was eating an apple, and while I was looking away, he replaced that apple with an orange, I doubt I'd even notice. So how is this a metaphor for difference? I could understand if you said, that's like comparing apples and uranium. Or, that's like comparing apples with baby wolverines. Or, that's like comparing apples with the early work of Raymond Carver. Or, that's like comparing apples with hermaphroditic ground sloths. Those would all be valid examples of profound disparity but not apples and oranges. In every meaningful way, they're virtually identical. You're missing the point, she said again, this time for different reasons. All right, that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at PrettyOKPod, or drop us a line at itsprettyok at gmail.com and let us know what you think. You can find this and every episode of the show at our home on the web www.prettyokaypod.com you can find that uh essay pierce wrote about writing letters you can find ian's music writing you can find collections of other stuff to read from around the internet and like i said every episode of the it's pretty okay podcast is available at your fingertips you can also subscribe to the show on itunes or most other places where you get podcasts if you do that Uh, We'd really appreciate it if you did us a favor and left a rating, review, comment, or told a friend about the show so we can uh, get in touch with them, too. We will be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening.